Hey, it's a new year full of excitement and expectations, but one thing that can bog down your expectations and your hopes and dreams are, well, a slow computer. Nothing worse than a slow computer when you're trying to do streaming video or anything else at your church. Today, we're going to speak with an expert on how you can make sure your computer is up to par for the new year. Next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. It's another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Steve, how are you doing here as we uh, are into January 2022. How are you feeling? I'm Steve? doing great. Yeah, yeah. No, no problems with COVID or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm one of the one of the statistics, I guess. One of the breakthrough fully vaccinated cases. So yeah, I got a cold, and my kids and wife got colds, and they all got tested, and they're all fine. But then I get tested, and I said, "No, oh, you got COVID." And I'm like, "Wow, really?" So I've had a very mild case and I was telling Phil that I will be free in a couple of days to resume activity on the planet. So, All right. so you were in quarantine for. Well, yeah, for I didn't while. know I had it until very recently, but yeah. it's, it takes several days to get your results and yeah. uh, you don't go anywhere anyhow. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, welcome again, folks, to the Church Solutions Podcast, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you here as we start another another new year. I don't know what episode this is. I, I forgot to look. 321, maybe? I don't know. But uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about, we have a guest that we've had on before. Uh, it's been a while since we've had him on, but uh, we thought it would be appropriate to talk a little bit about computers, and since we're in a new year and a new month, uh, you know, some things that you probably want to look at if you haven't looked at for a while, some things with your computer. And we're going to primarily be talking about Microsoft Windows stuff here, although Steve might give us some uh, some thoughts on Apple. But uh, we're going to, or Ubuntu, but we're going to talk about some of this because we know as churches, you know, you rely on your machines, you rely on your computers, and uh, it's a real drag when you know, something doesn't work. And so it's good since we're in the beginning of a new year to go over some things. So our guest here today is an old friend of ours, Dan from Fireproof Computer Services. Dan, how are you? I'm good today. How are you guys? We're doing great. And Dan used to, Dan and I go way back. Well, we all do. Uh, but uh, you used to be one of the producers of our church online uh, event that we would have at, at, at a live church in Tucson, a long time ago now, what, over 10 years ago, right? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. So Dan was one of our producers that we had when we would go. And we used to do live streaming, and then we would break away to me, uh, you know, in a different office, and I would address the people online, and then we would break back to, you know, the the uh, auditorium or the worship center, whatever we call it. I don't know what they call it now. So Dan and I go way back. Dan has been working on computers since 2004, and his company, Fireproof Computing Services, is actually mobile. Uh, they work with commercials as commercial companies as well as residential 
is there such a thing as residential companies? Maybe so. But uh, now the COVID, maybe there are residential companies. I don't know. But uh, Dan, again, it's good to have you here. How's everything going for you in this new year? It's good. It's good. We've been super busy ever since this crazy COVID started. I bet you have. I bet you have with more and more people working out of the home. So let's just jump into this uh, today. We'll let kind of maybe Steve take the helm here and ask you a few opening questions. But uh, the context here is I'm at my church or I work at my church or I volunteer at my church and I've got some computers. Uh, Steve, take it away. <laughs> okay. I was going to dive into uh, a, a religious discussion real quick, but I, uh, maybe we'll touch on it. And that is Windows or the Mac OS. I know a lot of the churches are going to be more split than businesses are around the Windows versus the yeah. Mac OS. Do you deal much, Dan, with with um, with the Apple side of the world or not? Not with the Apple. We're pretty exclusive on, on Microsoft products. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then I won't go there with this. So there's, because I know a lot of churches, I know, um, you know, our church you referenced earlier alive has made the transition from from windows over to max completely for the streaming piece of things so um i know the pastor's still running you know everyone has their favorite thing so anyway but aol is so, a great uh, i just you know one of our actually the guests we're going to have on next week he has an aol email address but anyhow, I'm sorry, I'm getting us off track. Yeah. Anyway, I was I was I was gonna dive down the the path of don't go there equipment wise. All right, we won't go there. <laughs> so um, Phil put together a post that kind of uh, talks about just kind of getting your computer technical situation underway for 2020. What are and he's kind of list here of some things that you should look at. What are, in your view, are the most important things to look at? Let's say I'm not having problems yet. I've got a church and I'm, I'm streaming and I'm doing all kinds of other things, editing videos and doing all these other things. And I've not had any issues. I haven't had to call Dan yet. Um, what are some things that I should be doing um, to ensure that I don't have to call Dan this year? Now, some good things are to make sure that every computer has uh, security software, antivirus and it's up to date and not just the antivirus but the programs that are on the computer you want to see those up to date too uh, especially your web browsers there's a constant security holes that are found in those and not all applications will automatically update themselves so, so i know there's different schools of thought out there there's some that say you know we use various software, I'll, I'll just pick one off the top of our hat, which is like OBS software, which is an, op, uh, an open source available software for streaming. And there's people out there that would say that, yeah, I got OBS, you know, 0.98 and it works. And I've took me forever to get it working and now it works. And now I'm not going to update this thing because I know it works. Um, I guess your advice would be to go ahead and bite the bullet and let the thing update and run the latest version of software. What's what's the advantage of running the latest versus taking the risk of breaking my computer once I did the update, which I'm sure you hear about that as well. Yeah, there's always the risk of something breaking on an update. There's two major factors to updates, security and compatibility. That's usually what you're getting with updates. Now, if you've got a machine that's uh, running OBS and it's not online at all, 
I, that's fine. Just leave it. It's, hmm. it's the ones that are connected online. That's really where the security runs into play. Yeah. Which you think about OBS, it's going to be online because I'm going to be streaming right now. So it will definitely be online. Otherwise it would be uh, not usable. So I'd want to update that and just, and, and so um, I, the way to do that is just, uh, you know, some, some of the applications will yell at me and say, Hey, I got an update. And most people say, I'm busy. I don't want to deal with this. Um, uh, is it going to let me know that I any date and when should I update? Should I do it right before service on Sunday morning or, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or should I wait? When's the best time to do these updates? Well, it kind of depends on how much of a challenge you like to add to your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, theoretically, we want to see it. Um, you want to have a production system and then a testing system. Not all of us can afford to run all that kind of stuff. Obviously, you wouldn't want to test it and update anything right before you're going to go online. Uh, when you have some downtime, that would be the best time to test it. Yeah. I think we we recommend that. I mean, it's probably after the service, although people just want to go home and don't want to deal with all that stuff. But that's probably a decent time it is not before you're going to be 100% reliant on it. Because, yeah, like you mentioned, there's things can happen and that may take longer than I anticipated. Well, uh, hey, uh, let me go back to, you know, one of the things you brought up, Dan, about uh, make sure your virus, antivirus software is up to date. Uh, I didn't say really much about that in our blog because I don't know much about it. I, I think I use uh, Avast maybe, is that what I use? I mean, wh what's the best? I don't even know what I use. It, it, it comes on and updates and then wants me to spend money or something. But what's, what's the best antivirus software to be running on your computer? Because I've heard things like in the old days, it was Norton's and then I heard Norton's was a, was a goof and then McAvee was one years ago and that seemed to bog the computer down. What's your thoughts on that? Well, we, we haven't really seen a whole lot of virus removals since Windows 7 era uh, because as of Windows 8, Windows comes with its own antivirus software. What we used to see when we have machines come in with viruses on them, a lot of times they would have an antivirus on them also. And what we saw the most was Norton and McAfee. So that kind of tells you a little bit about how good those two were back then. <laughs> now, things have improved. Norton is usually kind of pretty heavy on your system. But Windows Defender, what Windows 8, 10, 11 comes with, it's doing fairly well. Uh, there's a website, av-test.org, that you can go to. And they constantly test all these antiviruses. They compare the detection ratios, how heavy it is on your machine, uh, and several other areas constantly. So, so, so I shouldn't be running anything then other than what Windows has, Windows if Defender? You, if, if you have Windows 8, 10, or 11, and you take your antivirus off, it will automatically turn on its own built-in antivirus. Free. Oh. Might even run better then, right? Yeah. Yeah. It can. Mm -hmm. oh, I'll do that right now. So, so that's <laughs> a recommendation. Whereas the, as, as Phil, you were mentioning, I was kind of in this mode too, that was back in the windows seven days 
was you had to, if you wanted Windows, you had to find an antivirus to run. And you thought, well, I'm just going to use Avast or uh, I can't remember what they were, but the, there were some really good free ones for right. a while. Right. And so that was great. But as as you mentioned, Dan, I've, you know, there's been the question out there of, okay, now that I got Windows Defender, do I need to either continue pay for my antivirus software or do I just let it go away? What I mean, you would recommend, is there one, do you say just stick with Windows Defender? Is that your advice? Yeah, just stick with Windows Defender. You'll be all right. All right. Remember, it's like the Highlander series. There can only be one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Don't know what that is, but okay. (laughs) I'm not sure what that is. All right. Okay, good deal. Well, that's, I see I learned something today. So that's good. So maybe I shouldn't have wrote wrote this blog. All right. You never never watched any of the Highlander movies with Sean Connery? Uh, I'm not familiar either. I don't think I ever did. I, oh, I'm not a big movie guy. My wife has got me watching something now on Netflix, and I just do it because she likes to watch stuff. So I'm watching. I don't so, even want to say it here, but go ahead. Let's. <laughs> so, so the the I'm just putting my myself in the in the shoes of one of our listeners here. That um, number one, they're going to want to make sure the computer's running fast and not having issues and you say you know either upgrade to windows 10 or 8 8 10 or 11 and run windows defender make sure that that's got your computer running healthy the other thing that i that we struggle with with our with a lot of our customers is the internet or the the computer's running great but my stream is terrible so everything's just super slow internet wise what are some just very basic things that I can do or I should do to ensure I've got um, fast connectivity uh, to the internet? One thing we want to know is, are you getting what you're paying for? So if you're paying for a 40 megabyte download package, you can just go to Google and type speed test and there's a blue button that pops up and just run it and it'll tell you what your test is. So if you're paying for 40 megabits down and you're only getting 10, something's wrong. That'd be the first place I'd start. Yeah. And so let's say, let's say that is the case. Do I, do I call my ISP? Do I, you know, go see if um, people are watching Netflix in the back room or what, uh, how do I resolve that? Or what's the, what's the resolution path if it's not where I expect it? Should I? Yeah, so what we want to do is get everybody offline. If they're streaming stuff, shut it all down. Make sure you get a good clean test. And if you're still running low, reboot all your routers and then test again. If everything comes back up with a good speed after you've rebooted your routers, then we tend to look at the routers. Maybe one's kind of old. uh, Maybe there's some issues with it. Uh, A lot of the residential customers we have, we have some issues like this. And when we reboot their, their routers, that fixes a lot of things. If you're having to reboot your router, more than once or twice a year, it's going out. And that's when you start calling your ISP and and either having them send you a new one. Uh, If you're leasing or renting it, then it's covered. They'll just send you a new one. Uh, If you bought it, usually they come with a one-year warranty. And you want to buy the router from the, the ISP. You can buy your own router, but sometimes that can cause other issues. And the moment you have any issues and you give them a call, they're going to point at your router. Oh, okay. So you do, you recommend renting the router from the, from your ISP. 
Yeah, just because if something goes wrong with it, they'll just send you a new one. Huh. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I was going to ask you how many times you should re- reboot your router. So you're saying if you have to do it more than twice a year, you got problems. Right. Yeah. You really shouldn't yeah. have to reboot your router. Every okay. once in a great while, maybe, but not on yeah. a regular basis. Steve used to reboot his every day. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Didn't you? It's like every day, like, oh, I got to go reboot my router. <laughs> Not that I remember, but yes. It's like once a I, week I, at least. Come on. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while since I've been in that mode. So, yeah. So, um, so let's see. So if I'm, the other thing that I want to, I want to make sure I'm getting what I paid for. So that's the number one thing you talked about, right? So are there, um are there internet service providers that you recommend? I mean, technologies over others. Um, there's, there's usually DSL is going to be your cheapest. Satellite's going to be your slowest. Hmm, okay. Satellite's slower than DSL because my opinion was of DSL was not very good as well, right? DSL nowadays you can get forty megabytes down and up or so on a DSL, depending on where you're at. Yeah. DSLs come a long way. Not, yeah. not quite as fast as cable, but then again, cable is usually going to be your most pricey. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I would, right. We recommend cable. I mean, uh, that's what we recommend to our customers if they're able to get ca- cable for streaming video, you know, because streaming video, you're obviously really concerned about your upload speed you know, more so than you are your download speed. So, so yeah. Usually you'll you'll get your, your biggest upload and download packages from cable. Well, I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. And then if I'm in the spirit of my annual checkup on my computers, is there some spring cleaning kind of things that I should do uh, that I would need to do that you would recommend? Uh, Do I need to go in and, you know, wipe everything that, I haven't used in a while or make space or what's are there some things that you would recommend there? Yeah, actually on the blog that you guys have, you've got some good tips on there. Some, some, uh, the disc fragment. If you had a standard drive, that's fine. Uh, solid states no longer need it. Uh, on your startup, any programs that you don't need to run, having those stop from, from starting up with the system was a good, Oh, wait, wait, back up a minute. You said solid state's no longer needed. So you're saying standard drives are just as good as solid state now? Uh, no, what I mean by the, the disk defragging. The disc oh, okay. By fra- defrag, defrag. Yeah, we no longer defrag solid state drives. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know if I made that yeah. clear. but yeah. Hardware wise, we want to see at least eight gigabytes of RAM on the system. Preferably a solid state drive. Yeah, especially for streaming video. Yeah, it's such a huge improvement to go to a solid state drive nowadays. That's yeah. our number one biggest hardware upgrade now. Yeah. yeah. I know, speaking from experience over the years, migrating from a spinning drive to a solid state drive was a dramatic improvement on my computer. It was just, it was just yeah, it was like night and day. So that was, and it wasn't expensive too. You know, the, the hard drives are super cheap now. So it was a way to really speed things up um, through the whole through the whole gamut. Initially, startup is a big part of it too. So, yeah, I, I think you got to go sixteen if you're doing streaming video and you have software 
you know, encoding software on your computer, obviously, I, I think you ought to have 16, 16 uh, gigs of RAM. You can do eight, but I think six, 16 would be the best. Yeah, and for doing that, you probably need a decent video card to do that too, I would imagine. Yeah, we recommend, yeah, we do recommend some video cards on our website, streamingchurch.tv, but yeah. So you deal with both businesses and residential. What's the the landscape of people still, what's the percentage of people that are still running the non-SSD hard drive stuff? Well, there's quite a few. Yeah, there's quite a few. We, we do at least a couple upgrades a week. Mm, okay. And we've got a process where we can clone everything over to a new solid state drive. So you don't lose anything. The only difference is your computer runs a lot faster. Good deal. All right. All right. Uh, web browsers. What what web browser do you recommend, Dan? <laughs> uh, it boils down to a personal preference. Most you're going to see is Google Chrome, Firefox, or Edge. Now, Edge nowadays, the core of it is Google Chrome. It's Chromium-based. I, I heard Edge was better now. I heard Edge because we always used to make jokes about people running, you know, Microsoft Explorer and all that stuff. I mean, this was just a year or two ago, you know what I mean? But so you're saying Edge is right up there now because it's a Microsoft product. So we all kind of like sneered at it, but you're saying Edge is not too bad. Yeah, it's come a long ways. They pretty much dumped their Internet Explorer base to it and added the Chromium core base. So now they're up with the rest of them. They finally caught up. All right. What about antivirus on my browser or malware protection on my browser? Is there, what do you recommend there? So as, as far as on the browser, we, we really want to see it on the computer. So you'd have an antivirus on the computer. Now you can, you can run an anti-malware alongside of an antivirus, kind of like a king piece on the chessboard and a queen. Uh-huh. Uh, but on the browser, really an ad blocker will do you a world of favors. Uh, the one we use and recommend is uBlock Origin. uBlock? uBlock Origin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. uh, the letter U-B-L-O-C-K Origin. But don't these browsers have their own? Like... Ad blockers? Yeah. No. no, they don't come with ad blockers. Oh, okay. Learn something again. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I had one. Okay. I think uh, what's the one with the Q? I thought I thought the browser. Uh, what's the what's the browser? Come on, Steve, help me out here. What's the? Uh, uh, I don't use it a whole lot, but it's uh, starts with a Q, ends with an R. I don't remember. Never mind. Move on, guys. I'll, I'll think <laughs> about it after we after we're done with the podcast here. Yeah, there there's several browsers out there that aren't um, quite as popular. There's Brave, and then there's the one you're thinking of that I can't think of right now. Um, uh, but it didn't start with a Q, uh, I don't opera, think. So. Opera, Opera, yeah, that, yeah, the Opera yeah. starts with a Q. Yeah. Starts yeah, with a Q, I told yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, what do you think about Brave? And ends with an R. So I was yeah. close. There's an R in there. It ends with an A. So <laughs> what do you think? But Opera is kind of like Chrome, I think, right? It's, it's Chrome-based, right? Isn't that, Dan? Yeah, it's pretty similar. It's not very popular, though. Yeah. So what, what, what about Brave? Do you know anything about Brave? I mean, there are some people that, 
they they think brave's better because i don't know they they're not brave being tracked or something brave is basically google chrome but totally privacy focused that's what i'm saying it blocks yeah. a lot of trackers and cookies okay. automatically okay all right so all right. you have any experience with that yeah we we've worked with brave a little bit it's it's yeah. a decent router okay yeah, good deal all right, moving along. We got a couple more minutes here. So the other question would be: Let's. I would assume that the majority of the landscape is running Windows 10. Am I right? I mean, there's probably what 20 percent or less that run Windows 7 still. Yeah, and everyone still, skipped Windows 8, right? So if you're lucky, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It's mostly Windows 10. There's a a few eights. Uh, sprinkled here and there and a few seven diehards that are still running it right so so i'm let's say i'm running windows 10 windows 11 is out it's been out several months now right how long has it been out yeah it's been out since i want to say i think october is when they officially pushed it out if i remember right yeah so if i'm why should i consider going to 11 or why should i not why should i avoid it so the typical thing we see and we recommend is when the new operating system comes out, if you don't buy a computer that comes with it, but you can upgrade to it, we say wait a year. Let them work out the bugs. Windows 10 is still supported till 2025, so there's no hurry. Okay. So just being on the safe side, what am I going to miss out on if I, if I don't go to Windows 11? Uh, you're going to miss out on some pretty Windows stuff. That's about it. Okay. It's nicer. <laughs> bells and whistles, but overall, it's it's pretty much the same. There's a few things that you won't get with Windows 11. Uh, there's some issues with pinning certain apps to the taskbar, and, and a few things are missing in it still. There's rumors that it's going to come back, but again, it's kind of one of those they build a new operating system, and then everybody tells them what they don't like about it and what they do, and then sometimes they put the stuff back in and sometimes they say we're not doing it so it's a matter of just kind of wait and see but i wouldn't be in a big hurry to upgrade there's still a lot of bugs with it oh okay so i'm going to just have more issues running my apps in windows 11 and then i would if i just stuck with windows 10 and might as well stick on the sidelines yeah don't uh if it's not broke don't fix it all right. Do you do you have people going forward and then going back? Uh, you can go back if you, if you upgrade to Windows 11. You can go back, but you have a limited amount of time. If I remember right, it's something like ten days. It's not long that you can mm-hmm. roll back. Really? Yeah. Wow. So usually, by the time we get in there, they've already upgraded it and they're stuck with it. Unless you want to start all the way over, or you have some kind of a backup in place that you can use. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, speaking of backups, do you do you recommend, especially if you're at a church, uh, do you recommend backing up your computer on a regular basis? And if so, what do you use? Do you back up on a another hard drive, or do you just up, back up things on Dropbox or something like that? Uh, what's your thoughts on backup? We like to say have backups of your backups of your backups. So when we set up a backup, we will set it up for automatic file backup to a connected external hard drive. 
if you've got some kind of storage on your network, we'll put it on there also. And cloud <laughs> backup, we use crash plan. It's encrypted. So there's a lot of compliance that's built into it. And per computer, they bill you per computer. So if you've got five drives on one computer, you can back it all up to crash plan. It's a really nice service. And that's only for backups though. I mean, you're not, you know, like I, I have Dropbox, I've had it forever. And so I, if there's something important, I make sure it's on my Dropbox. Uh, but I'm not backing up the machine per se. I'm just backing up certain files or images or documents. Uh, but but Crash Plan is really made to back up your whole system. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Crash Plan is a file backup, but it's just backup. So so Dropbox is a sync service. So it's not a true backup. Okay. Now we we kind of shy away from Dropbox. We've moved to Sync. S Y N C sync.com. Okay. It's just like Dropbox, but it's end to end encryption. See, Dropbox and OneDrive, they can get into your system if they need to. It's all in their license agreement. So the uh, people at Dropbox can get into and see all your files if they need to. So we want to see, um, we want to, we like things that have protection against your data. Mm. It's your data, only you should have access to it. I didn't realize that about Dropbox. I knew that about uh, what was the other one that Windows pushes. You just you mentioned it. Yeah, uh, the OneDrive. Yeah, the OneDrive thing. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you really feel about it, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> I think I still have stuff on there, you know, because I was I thought, oh, maybe I'll use it, and then it like took over, you know. Yeah. And it's like you know, I can't find my file. Where's that at? Sorry, it's in OneDrive. You know, how do I get to it? You know, it's just one of those crazy things. So, well, that's interesting. That's in, so repeat those, those things again. Sync, is that what you called it? Not, not the music group in sync, but sync. Yeah. So for file syncing, uh, we use sync and you can get that at sync.com and they've got a free trial just like Dropbox has. And for backups, true cloud backups, we use crash plan. Yeah. I'm a former crash plan customer, I believe from years ago, I was very happy with them. And um, thing that was very important to me was incremental backups. And they were one of the very few that um, offered the incremental meaning since I deal with a lot of code and if something terrible goes out, I can find out hey, what that thing looked like a week ago versus, you know, just yesterday or um, you know, three months ago. So I, it, it does incremental backups or did it, it supported incremental backups. If I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. No. Interesting. Okay. Well, this is, this has been insightful. We're, we're out of time, but uh, uh, Dan, I sure appreciate you coming on here again. We had it on years ago. How long has it been? It's been like five years, probably. Right. Something like that. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. We've had you on. All right. So if people want to get a hold of you with computer questions, what's the best way to get a hold of you, Dan? You can give us a call at 520-302-4203. Okay. What about your website? Yeah, our website is fireproofpc.com. Fireproofpc.com. All right. Good deal. All right, Dan. Well, we sure appreciate you. And uh, we'll need to have you on again. uh, Maybe not quite five years from now. (laughs) That would be good. All right. So, uh, folks, this podcast is brought to you by... 
mychurchdaily.com. I forgot to say at the beginning, but uh, if you want to get off to a good start with this year and get on, have your church get on Alexa devices or Amazon Echo devices, uh, you can use mychurchdaily.com and upload an audio file. We we help you do it as far as give you tips on how to do it and we give you support and all that stuff. So you can upload a file, you can get on Amazon's flash briefing. Uh, that, and you can your church can connect with people better in 2022 here. And uh, check it out, mychurchdaily.com. And uh, you'll be glad you did. And it's actually us, <laughs> one of our products here. All right, we're done. Uh, thanks again, Dan. Thank you, Steve Lacey. All right, glad to be here. And most of all, thank you, our viewers and listeners to the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. We will catch you again next time. Please take care of yourselves.